is political debate rounding home late is Mashani Smart and coming home late is Sharp and Smart in front is political debate from Sharp and Smart political debate Sharp and Smart the outside lunges or to photo Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined in studio by Johnny Waltz. He's had a rough week. How are you? Good, good. I'm back here. Melbourne for another 12 hours. That was 11 and three quarters too many. Got handled at the get straight off the plane. I'm there on the phone to someone. Beck's like, I said, oh, where's the taxi rank? The guy goes, oh, mate, I'll show you where it is. Yeah, old uh, $150 private car to the 15-minute drive. Yeah, I got handled within 10 seconds like a tourist. Back to the Gold Coast where everyone here, there's no one trying to hand you on the Gold Coast, mate. <laughs> you know, those days are gone. This is, this is bright and sunny and cheery on the Gold Coast. I was a bit worried. There's a siege in Narang. I thought you might have got tangled up in that. Are you serious? Oh, uh, yeah, there's a siege. So they can't close the, the school. orangutans are gone. Yeah, that's gone that's wild. northern Gold Coast. That's up your way. So I'm going to stay south. That's west, mate. That's west. We don't go across <laughs> the highway. <laughs> we don't go across the highway. Oh, a bit of a shout-out to Benny, our uh, punting friend who uh, yeah, had a bit of a rough week uh, health-wise, so fingers crossed he's on the uh, comeback trail and he might come up for uh, some R&R at your place. He's, he's, he'll be here for quite a while, but uh, <laughs> I thought he was Gary Gorn come Monday, but he's making a comeback. Good on him. Outstanding stuff. We've got uh, Tristan Merlihan going to join us to talk about POC tax, so we'll cross to him soon. But uh, how's uh, how's life in Melbourne, DK? Uh, I'm struggling, actually, today. No, no, I'm not sucking. I'm not meant. I'm not sucking about the punt. I, uh, I got a bit ahead of myself in the uh, kids versus dads uh, footy training last night, and one of the one of one of the biggest kid in the team flushed a ball straight into my jam tart, and I went down, and it <laughs> fucking sore as, and I bruised like a shock and slow. Bruised. I hope it was just bruised ribs or something around the jam tart, Nico. But if I hit the deck, you're up for CPR, Nico. So, <laughs> I have you feel. I don't know how you feel about that, but. Uh, That'll be your go. Gee, a lot of uh, responsibility <laughs> coming down here in Melbourne at the moment. Um, gee, that's not too good. Oh, DK. mate. <laughs> oh, mate. I am for tell another. Don't feel more than I'm 47 or 27 or 37 anymore this morning, I tell you. Oh, sore ribs. But I hope the jam tarts are right. That's the only thing. Anyway, how are you, Nico? He must have pinpoint accuracy, the kid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? The size of a peach? Well, is that what you say? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a bit rough on a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Nico, are you back to winner this weekend? Can we change the subject here? I've nah, played myself nah. into that. Yesterday I was a strip out out at sale, so uh, hoping to bounce back at uh, Swan Hill this weekend uh, with the big carnival down there. Yeah, and then Swan Hill. Sound down as well. Swan Hill may be the only dry track in all of Australia, well, did, the way did, we're going in Melbourne. They had to do the old switcheroo today. Oh. It's gone the old uh, heavy, heavy uh, late change to the synthetic and... Uh, 800 scratchings. So yesterday anyway. it was just a race to the outside fence. So uh, yeah. I'm a bit over wet tracks. Yeah, yeah, it was just a start of winter. That's, that's You're over. <laughs> We're six months deep. You're three minutes in. Are you serious? <laughs> Mate, I've got we've got a soft six on a Thursday at Randwick, and I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. What do you do with a six? That's nearly dry. Uh, Tapping oh. out. Interesting start to the show. It's sort of remember shades of uh, remember DK ate that pizza and he fell off the toilet and he came in and showed us the busted uh, toilet seat. You're not allowed to talk about toilets, toilets, toilet doors. <laughs> you're not allowed to go there. Oh no, we're not allowed, are we? No. I don't know what we're allowed to talk about. Tristan Merlihan's been online for quite some time. He's a busy man. I think he does eight hundred thousand crosses per week. So it's uh, good to have him back. Couldn't get him in the studio, even though we live about five minutes apart now. But uh, welcome, Tristan, managing director of Top Sport. How are you, mate? Yeah, g'day, Scoot. It's uh, been a very enjoyable start to the show. It's uh, good to hear a few of the stories that are happening around the nation. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, the uh, DK's heart is, uh, is on the up as well. 
Yeah, he's uh, the, the dodgy ticket's thrown us all, but uh, usually it's a smoother start than that. So we'll zip into it quickly. And I guess the major news across the land has been, I guess, the rise in prize money for a lot of races. Even over the ditch in New Zealand, they're starting to uh, bump prize money. So naturally, punters have to pay for that. And I see Queensland Racing have increased the POC tax from 15 to 20%. And I, it's going to affect the punters because bookmakers uh, are forced to pass the costs on. Uh, how much worse off will punters be simply? Yeah, it's a tricky one to identify at the moment. We're still trying to get our heads around it. I think the, the biggest surprising factor was that normally when there's a change of this ilk, there's a discussion and there's a back, bit of back and forth, but it was sort of thrown to us uh, without any warning, which um, which is interesting. And now we've got to go and actually work out what, what we've got to do to counter it because ultimately... Uh, no, we we don't want to be offering worse prices, or we don't want to be offering worse products. But when you're forced, because it's 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 not just a five percent increase, which I think people are uh, seeing it's fifteen to twenty percent. But the reality was prior, uh, it was the bonus bets weren't, weren't taxed, so it was really about a net. I think it was about a net eleven or a net net, 11, net twelve, something like that. So it's almost doubled uh, the tax in in real figures. So. Obviously, yeah, so there's it's closer to a hundred percent than five, which is what they publicise. Yeah, that's it's it's just a slight difference. Mm. It, is, it is a slight difference, and 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 it's and it's one of those ones. Now we're, we're not going to make any rash decisions, but we're going to just have to go through and identify the, the difficulties and work out where we go. But uh, you know, like from our perspective, we're not against prize money increases. We're not against the money being used the right way, but. I just hope it doesn't go down the way of these pop-up races and the and the the reckless use of money because it ultimately needs to be sustainable and that's the problem. Uh, so, yeah, where, where it goes to, we're, we're still trying to work everything out. Just on that consultation bit, Scoot, now I don't need probably Tristan to comment on this, but me, I think there was consultation and reading the press release and everything and I think there was consultation with Tabcorp. There was, there was definitely consultation with Tabcorp about the thing and then you give us $100 million for this one-off payment and we're going to put in for infrastructure and how can we do this and that and then Tabcorp, Adam, says, oh, it's great, we've got to make those corporates pay their fair share. So I'm tipping there was some consultation with them, just nobody else. That's just my comment anyway. Yeah, no, I reckon you're exactly right and uh, and obviously the, the Tab are a very sizable operation and, and they're, the, the, the other thing that's come into it as well is that they no longer have the uh, the sole rights to the 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 sponsorships of the racetrack. So there's going to be benefits there for some of the uh, the bigger operators to get involved there too. So there will be some more money in that space. But ultimately what you guys are, you know, worried about and what the punters are worried about is how it's going to affect them. And there's just no way it can't have a negative effect on the punters. We've got a couple of questions and I've tried to just summarise a couple of the key points and questions. So one was from Nigel. I thought this was a good one. Will the tax affect Queensland punters only or will it flow on to others given top sports likely price adjustments? So if I'm now based in Queensland, am I worse off or does everyone um, get a pr the price adjustment there, Tristan, or cop the wrath of worse products? Yeah, we'll just say in, in layman's terms so people actually understand, a point of consumption tax is actually taxed on where you live. So it's not based on Queensland racing despite all the money getting thrown into, into Queensland racing. It, it's if, if you're betting, if you're a Queensland and you're betting on the NBA or if you're betting on the EPL, you're getting taxed on that business. And but ultimately, we can't provide and we don't want to. And, and I think it's great that you can't provide different odds to different people. So unfortunately, it's going to mean that everyone's going to get affected negatively, probably on the likelihood of the uh, the, the Queensland racing. That's how it seemed to have been a trend in, in years gone by, where you focus on the metropolitan meeting uh, of the state where the imposter hits. Fitzy from Twitter asked, is, does the Bob best of the best product stay? So that's the tote price or the best fluck? Uh, on the metros and the stronger meeting. So is that something that's still vi viable and how will that be affected? 
Yeah, well, that, that's one, again, another one we're considering. And, and ultimately for us, that's one of our premium products. That's one of our products that we use as a differentiator to, to really give punters value. The, the, the reality and the difficulty with that product is that it's 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 taxed on a, on a tote basis and the tote basis is taxed higher than a fixed odds bet as well. So, um, unfortunately, it, it's, it's going to be almost impossible to make that work. It, it, to me, I think it's an important one that stays in the landscape and it allows the professionals and, and the bigger punters to get set at the highest price. You know, a real simple way to, to counter this because what I'm hoping might happen is what happened in, in South Australia where the, the racing bodies actually made some positive changes on the back of this and, and were reactive to these changes. We've still got a month before it kicks in, but maybe something as subtle as, as shifting the way that product is, is taxed from a tote product to a fixed odds where, you know, the reality is the vast majority of the winners are, are, are top fluck anyway. Um, might be a subtle way that they can keep that product in play. Mm, it's such a convenience product. Like I've got kids now, so to just be able to put best of the best on and not sit around and wait, in terms of a turnover thing, it's it's a great product because I don't have to sit there and try and fish the market out. So I'm more likely to have more bets throughout the day if I can just sort of set and forget and leave well, especially it. Especially when the market is so volatile now, even Metro racing far more than it's ever been. So how the hell? like, And it does... If you're a chance of missing a price or having to sit there and handle it, you, you most of the time you're just going to say too hard and brass it. But if you've got that option, it's obviously, you know, far more appealing than than uh, any other option. Like even top fluck, you can it, it goes off early, you know, which is known to happen. Someone smart comes in, you know, that's it. You've got the backup of the tote, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it'll be a big one to lose. Mm, you're just beside yourself. A horse is eight dollars, not a bet, and it gets out to fifteen dollars at the death because other people don't like it, mm. and you just miss it all together. Mm. You mentioned earlier uh, the bonus bets are now under the uh, POC tax. What does that mean in in simple terms? Yeah, so what that means in simple terms is you're paying, uh, you know, based on the revenue and the turnover from bonus bets results, which is which is not ideal because ultimately uh, bonus bets are then meant to attract people back to to the game and to to turn over. Uh, money in that state or on that venue, and and this is a real sizable increase, which has probably gone under the radar, and um, it, it in all likelihood is is going to mean that Queenslanders receive a lot less bonus bets, not just from us, but from from around the from everyone. So it certainly isn't what I would think is is the best way to attract and, and increase turnover, and and that that's the the thing you know the, these the people making these decisions need to be mindful of because you can raise the the percentage and, and in theory we're going to make x amount more but if it has a negative impact on turnover what's the net gain and uh, are we losing people to our sport like you look at a game last night where with origin where you know we're, we're betting a dollar 93 markets we're guaranteeing everyone to win fifty thousand on in on, on game day and it's because the we're able to do that under the fee structure we're not going to be able to do that on queensland racing and are people going to switch from betting on race racing to footy or to basketball and these sort of things so that's what the, the there, there, there should have been consultation because there's so many sliding doors when these things happen and, and it's not just a, a straight yes or no answer. The whole industry, right, should be targeting lowest possible taxes everywhere with highest possible turnover. Like most products available to punters at the lowest possible margin for the for the consumers. Like it's, that's the only thing that possibly makes sense. Like and then you, you've, you can go up from there, but like that's a problem. They're getting to such heights now where it's, I don't understand how these 70 little bookmakers are even opening their doors. Like they've sorely got to shut down. And when you've got sort of uh, Tristan's at the high to, you know, medium to high end, I'm sure of the, the market, even they're under pressure. So, mm. and and the punters are getting hammered. So where does it go? There, there needs to be some thresholds in place. You know, like the reality is the, these decisions are being made because they're looking at some of the real high volume and, and big margin operators. But 
they're not bookmaking in the way we do. We're, we're letting everyone on on every product where, you know, we're, we're being as fair as we possibly can be. And that has an impact on our margins. And, and you know, there, there just needs to be different uh, tiers. And, and if, if you're going to bookmake in the right way like we try to, then, you know, maybe there, there needs to be some differences. And, and that might encourage some other bookmakers to potentially raise their MBLs, to potentially do this. And, and it, there just needs to be some thinking outside of the box because we need to be looking at ways to increase turnover, not just putting a higher rate and seeing a, a negative influence on it. So do you think, like, and I'm definitely not putting you in this category because like you're saying, um, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're actually a bookmaker, which is pretty much the essence of it. But is the trade-off that these uh, uh, racing bodies seem to have done, they've put these huge high POC on, but they've given these corporates so much control to limit people who can possibly win off them. So they basically turned them into big poker machines, the big guys. They're just big marketing poker machines that can handle the, you know, the recreational punters and, and win their percentage off them to cover these taxes. But, it, you know, that's, that's sort of the, that, that's their trade-off. Rather than do it properly, um, that's kind of how it's gone. And it's just it's just such a lazy, weird way to do it. I just, oh. Like, like you've just hit the nail, nail on the other, like the, whatever the, the yeah. Rattle, but um, no, the uh, the the reality is it's lazy, and and there there needs to be some more innovative ways to tax it. Like I'm all for more prize money, but you, you can't have a business where if you're if if a customer's losing six or seven percent to us, they're not profitable. Like that that is just the worst outcome you can have because these are the the, the type of customers, the ones that are, are breaking square or winning one percent or, or winning two percent. They're the champions of this industry, and we need those punters out there getting more people involved. We need them treated fairly. We need them to be able to get set when they want to. At the moment, they can't because of the way these taxes are. And you're right, there's a trade-off there. Everyone's just trying to make their business run at 10 or 15%, which is the worst thing that you can have for this industry. Once and, upon uh, a time, you couldn't lose 15% because the products were so good. Mm. You know, everyone was <laughs> wanting people to turn money over. And as a punter, like, it's, it's the glory days are gone. But you, you had to be like, Stevie Wonder could lose at fifteen percent. Now you know it's, it's not that it's not easy. And then and you say they're the clients that you're desiring is fifteen or more. It's just mm. it's just mad. And, and like if you're losing at fifteen percent, your money's running out, earning, and you're, you're leaving the industry. And that's what we don't want. You, you want people to stay and have a good experience and and actually get value for their money. Uh, and, and that's the the problem we're coming up against. And and the thing is, we had that sugar hit of COVID, and uh, we had all these issues three years ago. We were very vocal in, in in how ways we could fix it, and then because everyone's seen a spike on the back of what occurred, uh, everyone thinks the problem solved. It hasn't. And they sure want more of it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. now, and like, well, interest rates, lettuces are ten dollars. Like, it's it's coming. It's yeah. coming. And and you know, are they going to reverse these taxes? Absolutely not. No, exactly. Uh, once they seem to only go one way, so. I spoke to one of, uh, I guess, Australia's biggest punters um, and got a quote from him. And DK? He, he bets a little bit bigger than DK, but uh, his response was, it's bitterly disappointing. The sooner we migrate the business from Australian Racing Central to global, the better, which is a really big worry for mine. And we've already seen probably one of the biggest players leave the market altogether, um, and that was done probably 18 months ago. It's an interesting one now, though, with other states. You see everyone sort of trying to, I guess, put their product in the limelight. You saw uh, the Stradbroke have their barrier drawer at, at town, school, uh, town Hall and all those sort of things. So I just can't see how other states aren't going to follow. And there was a good question from um, Wagering Edge asking, do you fear that other states will just all now like, bump and race to these higher POC thresholds, Tristan? 
Oh, you think there's a real risk of that because, as I touched on, the reality is uh, a lot of people outside of Queensland are going to be negatively affected. So these other states can be like, well, why are we holding a grand ground when we can probably do the same thing? And and and, it, and it's just going to have a snowball effect. It's going to have a domino effect. And <laughs> before we know it, everyone's going to be around that 15, 20% mark and there's going to be a massive problem. And uh, as you say, there's 70-odd bookmakers out there. Uh, how are they going to survive? Like, they, they, they don't realise this until they get going. And... Um, that's the last thing we want, people dropping off. And uh, like in, from a punting point of view, you need more competition. You need people to be pushing the boundaries, trying to give punters a better product. And it just isn't viable for a lot of operators at the moment. It seems like they're happy to have four or five big ones that are betting 150. And if you're dumb enough to cop it, you know, and, and they'll just hope that their marketing just keeps bringing new people into it mm. and, and that's it. And it, that's not big. the worst way. be interesting to see what, what happens though because I think the bonus bet thing will – will catch a lot of those. Yeah, um, but all they'll do is limit it. the bonus bets. So they'll take bonus bets of everyone and give them to the premium mm-hmm. customers. They'll they'll just be more selective. So it just takes away from the medium people. You know, you fight the ones that Tristan's talking about, you sort of naught to tens that ev- that everyone should be living off and the money should be going around and around. They'll just be, you know, they'll just take, have it taken away. DK and Nico, any uh any questions? For- two major concerns would be would would be on that topic of the big big guys that they use their scale to, to, to keep squeezing the smaller ones. You know, I know the mentality of sports betting, that's all about scale, 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 and then they can sort of incorporate these small or these extra costs a lot better than the other guys and keep betting similar prices and products and make the smaller guys keep chasing them and squeeze them tighter and tighter. So that's that'd be, as again, and how do they survive? That, that's the first one. And then I'd have real concerns about the exchange. I mean, how, how the hell does the exchange keep keep going and... Um, if, you know, if, if these POC taxes all get to 15 and 20% in every state, the way that, you know, it's just, there's something, has to, it's it's going to, there has to, something has to real change there. And we've seen what happens if it goes down. It went down in that Warnable Carnival that time. And, you know, they, 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 they worked out how much turnover it drives. So um, I'd have, they're my two big concerns. I don't know. What about you, Nico? I'm just happy sitting here listening at the moment. It's very informative. Uh, the, uh, the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, I think the exchange is definitely a big one especially for Queensland and sort of how that's sort of viable going forward well, for them. And, and, and they can't, they, you put the commissioner, you can't, because as, as Tristan said, I mean, everyone's got to get his head. It's where the bet is struck. It's not, they can't just go raising a commission on Queensland racing because the Queensland people might be betting in Melbourne. It's yeah. where the bet is struck is where the tax is taken from. So that's why you can't just go and put up, as he said, I can't just go and put up extra 5% into races on Queensland because it's the Queensland punters betting everywhere else. So that's not the answer. So it's, it's, it's one thing you've got to get your head around. It's it's not just the jurisdiction can't just bang bang it into the percentages on that certain jurisdiction. It's got to be across the board. So it's really tricky, really tricky. Why is the exchange not the golden goose of the whole industry? Why is it not the most protected part? Why is it not the part that is helped to grow? Like, do they not understand that every dollar in there drives ten dollars? Every every other corporate, every other. It's just why they're trying to destroy mm. the most pure part of the industry. And I like, don't mean that from a, a grade up perspective, but it's the it is the lifeblood of the industry, and they've got no idea. Like, yeah. It's like when when DK got it in the heart yesterday. That's that's what they're doing. I couldn't uh, agree more. Like, uh, you know, obviously they're a competitor of ours, but I've got so much respect for them, and they're so important to what we do. And uh, you know, an exchange needs to be taxed differently, whether it be on footy. Like you've seen the impact the NRLs had, and and, and if. Like from our perspective, we're so much more comfortable and confident taking a bigger bet if we know that there's there's liquidity in that exchange. And it's not that we're going to go and dump it and move it on or do whatever. We just know that, okay, this price is really solid at this point and, and we're, we're then leveraging up our holds, which help everyone. And if that if that disintegrates, everyone's in the same boat. And, it, it, you know, 
we, we, we have our prices. We, we feel we're quite skilled at trading, and some of the others potentially don't have that there, and, and they completely lose absolute faith. So it needs to be protected to the absolute nth, nth degree. Fast forward, say, five or ten years, it's not out of the realms of poss- possibility that the majority of the holds are going to be offshore and then you're going to be dealing in crypto and those sort of opportunities. I'm sure blokes like Tristan and other smart operators out there would start to be thinking that their future may lie away from Australia, similar well, to this punter. Like they're just going to be more a global platform and then try and operate away from the handcuffs and the, the confines of this, this ta- taxing structure. Because that's, no, it's that's how it all evolves. No, well, you, you won't, you will, it'll be either that or it won't be here. Hmm. The way this is unfolding, yeah, it, it's it, it, but it, what's the logic behind all of it? Where's the logic? And the, the most incredible part is Queensland's had a long period of time to make this decision, and they're still coming to it. So it's hmm. just so scary that whoever's in charge of all of these decisions currently don't like prize money. You put that, that race up to ten million dollars. What does it do? Yeah, exactly. what does it do for anyone? Yeah, and if anything. It, it drives, you know, uh, yielding price. It drives prices up in the industry, squeezes more people to get out. Into the game. There is no positive for the industry in prize money going through the roof. If it should be at a reasonable level that's sustainable but low and the rest of the money should be driven into the industry, educating punters, educating riders, educating trainers, educating mm. Or back everybody. into maidens. The two mean would be better spent in maidens, I think, in a- your a- chat absolutely. group. Absolutely. Someone, someone worked out that you could throw an extra $5,000 across every maiden in uh, New South Wales, which... Just seemed, from that. Yeah, just That's from right. that alone. So yeah. Maiden should be close to the highest prize money race on the, on a card. You know, mm. you need to keep driving fresh money. Yeah, on Weird. tracks, Jesus Christ. You can start from anywhere, but the money's just going the wrong places. All right. Well, Tristan, uh, we could talk. Yeah, we, it's probably its own separate show. And a lot of people talk about, you know, punter pressure groups and lobbies and taking strike action and all that sort of stuff. Imagine if we could actually find a way to turn off the lights for a Saturday. I think you guys would be um, supportive of it and um, a lot of bookies would too to, I guess, end the rot. But I'm not sure where it's going to um, finish this. But uh, I appreciate your insights and hopefully uh, the punters at home can uh, get their heads around it and have understood uh, where you guys are coming from and where we're coming from and understand the POC tax. So thanks for your time. Uh, thank, thanks, good. And, yeah, I think just the most important thing, it's not us whinging and carrying on. It's because it's a negative effect on the punters, and, and that's what we're just trying to do our bit to, to make sure we can offer sustainable products. So thanks for your time, guys, and we'll chat soon. Keep fighting, mate. Looking Keep forward fighting. to it. Uh, there you go. So that's Top Sport. Uh, make sure you get around them. They're our major sponsor. They take on our big bets for the syndicates, and as Tristan says, they take on everyone. So they're the guys that uh, put the shoulders back and have a crack. So if you want to get set for big amounts, uh, that's their business model. And uh, they understand the game and understand how turnover works. So you'd be mad not to uh, sign up and uh, support them because uh, they're doing it the right way. Sorry, Scoot, just on that, understanding the game and turn, I think that's one thing at least in Victoria and possibly you can put Philandis in that bracket is at least we've got a racing minister in Pakula who understands the game, right? Now, it feels like in, in South Australia and Queensland, they don't have that. They've just got bureaucrats making decisions, you know. At least in Victoria, we've got a great history of having good racing ministers. Him, Dennis Napteen, really good. Love racing, close to the sport. So I think that's at least that's some upside down here, but it's hard to, um, you know, that they're only in position for a certain amount of time and things can change. Yeah, the, the thing that scares me with this la- latest one, obviously I come from a fair background, and that's how New South Wales did all their price changes. They just rammed them through, and obviously the only people that I'd consult on the down low would be New South Wales Tab, given their uh, long partnership with them. And I just think it's counterproductive. I've always said that the Victorian way um, has been more in, uh, inclusive and they just seem 
more progressive than the other states and it's you know it's no wonder it's a, a more digestible product from end to end uh racing in victoria from their presentation These on racing.com their taxation they just seem more longer term and a, a slower burn but i understand that uh, a governing body is the one that puts them in place but the decision affects the whole industry exactly and flows on for the you know how many what is it it's two three hundred thousand people employed in this industry in Australia or whatever it is, it affects, it affects all of them and, and sooner rather than later. Exactly. And then so our business, everyone's business mm. um, can't grow and that we're all, we're all trying to grow it and we're trying to, I guess, make everyone's churn rate or keep people in the game for longer, whether it be betting on it, uh, racing a horse, like anything. And at the moment it's just starting to become more and more unattainable and more expensive and to play, which is crazy because there's so, so many other entertainment um avenues out there that uh, well, well it scares me that we're having press conferences to celebrate rises in prize money when 99 out of 100 people in the industry are having a heart attack that they can either sustain what they're doing currently or that the even business is going to be here in the next mm. five to ten years so who who's right then the one that's jumping up and down celebrating or the 99 that are uh, Centrelink uh, trying to get you know uh, some sort of subsidies 80% in, since 2015. Did I read that right? Prize yep. money's gone up. Yep. 80% in seven years. What the hell? You know, fair mm. enough, they're rewarding, they're rewarding the industry for how they performed during COVID and things like this, but um, whew, it's can, hard to say. Can you it's run a stat for me on the uh, average price of yielding from 2015 to 2022 now? I reckon it'd be pretty in line. Be in mm. line, yeah. Mm. I don't know what uh, – I saw, I think, seven years ago, Chris Waller was 114 a day. What's he now per day? What would, oh, he's actually pretty good. I what, think he tries to keep it. Like it's, it's, it's still gone up, but it's not yeah. insane. Like there's, yeah, yeah. The yeah. other trainers are up to two. They have 180 plus GST is probably the, wow. the, 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 so the big So country ones at the training now is, 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 it's often over 100 a day. Mm. Country. Mm, so we got, we got it. We got one. Well, when I had a horse five years ago, I was part, on me, I was, it was 75 a day with the country trainer, plus the plus pluses, still three and a half thousand a month. You know, God knows if you're paying 200 a day. Jesus. And most of these people can't eat, DK, and now you've got to run into the trouble with all these interest rates and other, you know, things mm. in life. What's the first bill that goes to the side, you know, if, and that's the trainer that cops that. I've yeah. got a little trainer, mate, who's, you know, he's got 30 in work. He's owed 150 at all times. It's a lot of money, mm. you know, for a, for a, a little operation. Mm. I'm tipping if lettuce has gone up, uh, horse chaff will be uh, next to go up too. I'll tell you what's going down. That was Manscaped. Manscaped, you can get 20% off if you use the little birdie code and the weed whacker. I tell you what, if you're keen to make a first impression, Walt, you just want to put one of these up the beak beforehand. There's nothing worse when you just like close combat with uh, a guy or a girl and there's just uh, no hair coming out. out. So the weed whacker's great and so is the lawnmower for a full body And I'll tell you what, with, with energy prices, while we're going on this subject, with them going up, <laughs> I've never it. seen can't anything, it. It, get, it lasts for like a month. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. You can, just, you can run it off one like 10 minutes on the charge, on the fast charger. Yeah, it is good. The battery life's good. And I'll tell you what, my legs are still in amazing nick post uh, Hamilton Island shave down. So the lawnmower is very good. I'm not going to show you. I'm in tracksuit pants. I'm not I pulling my pants up or down. Today's show, I tell you what, Tommy Turbo Henjack, he's back. We called it Political Debate, Gypsy Goddess. He's back in business, and it's Group 1 Stradbroke this weekend. The other point I'll notice, notice how the POC tax went through the same week of the Stradbroke. So you got all this noise, all this positivity about their biggest race, and then you just slide the little POC tax through in the same week. So most people don't see it even coming. It'd be like putting up a new tax in Melbourne Cup week. Anyway, side note, Muggs Morrill, he had uh, no dice last week with Wicklow. Um, and the mystery vegetable on his plate was Swedes. It's a white, creamy, peppery type of 
sort of like a potato but different. I've never had it in my life. DK, this would be your vintage. You ever had a Swede? No. The veggie? <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. I'd never heard of it. I think never it's before DK. That's a 70s That's a seventies vegetable. 60s, 50s. The, the Swede. Oh, <laughs> before my vintage. What do you have it with the, the, the corned beef, wasn't it? Do you have it with the corned oh. beef? Yeah, I've caught yeah, beef from the 1950s as well. It, it was a bit bizarre to look at. I, I worked at the backpackers for a couple of years, so not the Swede that I was uh, accustomed to. Johnny Walter, you got wrong wallet. I suggested it last week that Ossipenko, <laughs> I had no I idea had, about that horse. I had something. I made a trial like an absolute rocket, and it was weird. Like, obviously, Jock When the away. money came, you well, started to nibble Well, the it. jockeys are away, so Josh doesn't ride from that often. He hadn't trialed or whatever, and it's not normal for him to be, but, like, good rider, whatever. So it wasn't a negative having JP on, but uh, just sort of hard to get a line on it because it didn't have J-Mac on it or whatever. But, um, yeah, trialed up really nice, and, mate, it was going backwards on the turn, and it's gone like It just, that's stable, like. They're either the ultimate genius Kaiser Soze stable or they go around with blinkers on at all times because that horse is a serious horse and it can't go around 20 to 1. Mm. Yeah, they're getting so, hard. They yeah. used to be really easy to catch the wall yard and I think they're just getting harder and harder and more confusing. Actually work. I think their, their patterns are better like they're the, and, and maybe the wet tracks have sorted them out, you know, like they've had to sort of give their, their yeah, horses, maybe. you know, little breaks between runs and stuff. I, I'm kind of think I'm getting a handle on it, which is probably really dangerous because then I'm going to start to chime into them more and do my balls. Mm. Top sports steamers, uh, they might have a couple of interesting bets or some that I like uh, this week. And then uh, Nico Noonan, he's, uh, he's back for after a horror watch on Cardinal Gem last Saturday. That was disgusting. It landed in the absolute grouse. I'm tipping Nico would have been punching buttons in play, thinking, hello, we've got a result here, and then uh, no room and just typically cactus. Yeah, no good. That's a, that's just it's it's in the ways are going to be twenty percent. You know, it's in the back of the mind with that also. Yeah. It's it just he's that sort of horse. And like that, oh, just on that, right? It went slow too. Like the charged home, you know, it's, it's just sick beat. It's sick beat. Yeah. Grand Pope was the same. Sort of never got out. Top of the straight, flashed home. Quicker sectionals nearly the day. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it was a tough day out at Flemington. Still won somehow. Managed to still get the nose in front. What about what about oh, what about that thing? What do you see? Country's light. I tipped it in a maiden there at Cranbourne. The other week, and Froggy just sat last on it, had blinkers and everything. I thought, got a good Froggy will get going at the 800 and, and round this lot up, you know, first be fit. No, it just sat out the back, Jojo. Runs, goes to Flemington, second up 2,000 metres, 150 to 1. One second. Runs second, beating three quarters of a length. Unbelievable. Anyway. <laughs> nice little segue into Swan Hill. Nico's found a best on Friday. So they got uh, Have you? a car- carnival. So they've got uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Swan Hill. So Topaz. Fantastic uh, racing there. Pardon? All right. No. Where are you, where are you, where are you, where are you looking? Uh, Swan, Swan L race six, Eagles Crag is favourite here. Odds courtesy of Top Sport, $3.30. Mr. Pickwick, $6.00. Uh, Volatore, $6.50. Confrontational, $7.00. Spanish Schnitzel, uh, $7.50. The Brumby, $7.50. And $21.00. The rest, we're going to have a look at Eagles Crag first up. Raji Alexander in the OTI colours. Nico. Well, I was sick of the wet track, so I thought we might as well try find a good track, and it's going to be at Swan Hill sort of all throughout the carnival. This Eagles Crag first up, had Jamie Carr aboard, sort of uh, needed a run there at the top of the straight, gets it, flashes home. This was sort of against the pattern of the day. You wanted to be sort of up on speed near the rail, and he sort of flashes home here late. Um, a horse who's had a lot of ability throughout his career, like he started $2.90 against Mr. Brightside last prep. Um, he's had sort of what? Five or six runs here in Australia. He's won most of them. Uh, I think coming to this race, second up, the the winkers go on here and also the crossover nose band comes off. He's a little bit keen in the run there. So um, I think with that nose band off, 
that was the first time they put it on in Adelaide, so I think he might revert to his old ways of just settling really well. Gets onto a dry track, which is where most of his uh, his best ratings are. Um, he ran to nearly a career peak there first up, so I'd be expecting if he holds that rating, uh, it'd be pretty hard to beat in a race like this, and he gets a very easy run here from barrier number five. There's not much speed. Probably just camps in behind him. Declan Bates and Archie. Um, profitable combo for their entire sort of careers when they've combined. For over 400 rides, they're still profitable, so... Um, he's a bit of a go-to man for the stable. So, look, this is a. I think this is probably one of Archie's banner horses. He's sort of racing him through the grades and getting the prize money up at the moment. But I think in time he'll be easily a Saturday class horse. And I don't think there's that much opposition here. Maybe Spanish Schnitzel, who gets a fair bit of weight off him, does have to carry the apprentice, but is trained by Con Cali, local trainer. So yeah. I imagine he's. He'd say it's been set for the carnival. It is about fifteenth run for the prep, isn't it? So yeah, you know. It's just- you know, but it will. It just a lot. It just finds a line. It's a real nice like just a try. Line chase. It doesn't yeah. really out of turn, but I think it's maybe eight dollars. He he might be the danger that sort of chimes in late and might be having a look at us given we got the big weight. But I think he should just be too good for him here. Eagles Craig. Beautiful, Nico. He, he loves it. Race one or just a Friday little special three dollars thirty to uh, kick everyone's weekend off with a winner. Saturday at Sandown, we're going to have a look at uh, race eight for Nico's next best, and Sig Positano is the favourite here. I think Nico might have knocked it off pre-show. 460 into 420. Jigsaw, 550. B-Hunter, 6. Ungawa, 9. Uh, Turbio, $12. Ascension is $12 and the same price for Hickok. Uh, let's uh, have a look at Sig Positano uh, from the Paddy Payne Yard last start in the purple. Nico. Yeah, we're on two starts ago. Jumped off this day. Um, he was set a big task. Again, a day where he sort of wanted to be up on speed and he sort of um, sat wide and had to come around and run home some really good closing sections relative to the day. Charges the line here. This is over 1,200. His three runs this prep have been over 1,200. Um, now he gets a 1,300. He's sort of uh, one win last campaign come at 1,400. So I think he's definitely probably looking for that extended trip. Great run. He's been running on, what, good four, good four, soft five, this preparation. Now gets to a heavy nine. Um, he's a horse who originally came from New Zealand and he has a very good record on wet tracks. So I think that's the big bonus for him here, getting onto the heavy nine. There's a few horses in this race that are, you know, well up to it, like Jigsaw, who uh, was in that replay there, B Hunter. But I think the big advantage for Sig Posiano is just getting on that real wet track. He's had four goes on heavy tracks for two wins and a third. So I think that's the, uh, the massive tick for him here. He's going to need a pretty good ride from Billy. He is... Uh, he is riding well. Seem to not be able to catch him at the moment. Whenever I sort of tip him, he rides he rides second or third and can't sort of get on the right end of him. But um, he's he's got a pretty good book there on Saturday, so he might have his tail up early in the day, ride a few winners, and uh, can be riding full of confidence. Paddy Payne, you just want to find him at the moment. So oh, do you what? Jesus. Yeah, it looks looks a pretty easy. Uh, where's it? Where's it drawn? Drawn to get back and run on? Is it? It's drawn four. So I think oh, they might. I think out to thirteen hundred. He's not a horse who like is. He doesn't have to just sit last. Like they no, can he doesn't. No. In the race. And he can, he's got a good turn of foot. I think, didn't he win a pack in him that night? And he yeah. accelerated really well, really strongly through him, you know? So yeah. I think four's a good draw, you know? Suck, suck and accelerate through. Drops, probably, drops in the weight too. Gets him. to 56 and a half after carrying 59 and a half against some key rivals. They're all sort of intertwined. Like he got beat by B Hunter first up this prep, who's in this race. And Jigsaw beat him last start, who's the second favourite. But um, yeah, massive ticks are wet track. So. Really tough day at Soundown. I didn't really find much at all, to be honest. It was him or Gate Crash, and I lent his way just because he has a bit more exposure on the wet ground. Outstanding. I sort of like that, and uh, Nico's playing around the horses that he knows really well. So 
uh, Sig Positano to knock off Jigsaw and there's a little bit of early market support at Top Sport, which is great. Nico just rattled off some puntingform.com.au stats. So if you're looking for uh, jockey and trainer combos and you want to take your form to the next level, make sure you check out puntingform.com.au. And Sugar Shane Baker, he is an absolute legend. He'll take you through the uh, punting form program if it's all looking like Chinese to you and uh, he'll simplify it for you. So he'll do a free tutorial if you uh, sign up there. So uh, make sure uh, you get around punting form. Tommy Turbo, he's been on the bench here. He'd be uh, nice and warm at the moment. He's been uh, in the background for about 15 minutes, and I'm expecting a big display from him on uh, Group he's 1 got, Stradbroke Day. He's got a prison shirt on this week. He's in, <laughs> he's in jail this week. <laughs> Following your steps, mate. Looks like he's had a haircut for uh, the Stratty. He might. Right, how'd you go? Did you have a date with uh, that, that trainer? A couple of oh, weeks Carolyn ago? Jennings? No, I yeah. didn't find her. Couldn't find her? No, she, no, I was at Gallopers after, and she didn't, she didn't show up. What's Gallop? Unfortunately, oh, it's the it's the bar pub down the road from the race course that everyone goes to. Goes off after, does it? Goes off like a frog in a sock. I thought it was Cloudland that everyone got to, but that's probably a bit later, is it? Nah, it's Gallopers. It's Gallopers, and then Johnny Ring goes after. There's a bit of mail going around. Unless you're a, a strapper, trainer, or an owner, Turbo doesn't want to know you at the moment. So <laughs> that might suggest why loves, he's been heading out he to Gallopers. Loves a participant. That's <laughs> That's very pointed, uh, pointed mail too. Let's uh, let's speed the show along and uh, have a look at the JJ Atkins interesting market here. Uh, Sharp and smart is the favourite sixteen hundred meter race for two year olds. Chris Waller usually targets this and has a stranglehold on it, but Sharp and smart uh, six into four forty. Political debate four sixty. Tommy found it last week. Fell in over the favourite there, and uh, she's a belter. The ex Perth horse, uh, the Luke Fernie uh, product. Uh, so Terry Layton knows all about this horse. Four dollars eighty. Owen County eleven. Brereton twelve dollars. Lethal Thoughts thirteen. Uh, Basquite is fifteen. In from twenty six. Good move there. Brosnan fifteen. Uh, Twin Stars twenty one. And Green Shadows thirty one. Probably rounds out the chances there. Uh, we're going to have a look at a couple of uh, lead ups, and we'll get uh, Turbo to talk about these. Here's she's the Belter in the black with the white hat coming down the outside. Sat three wide this day. What do you think of this Turbo? Yeah, it was a solid win. Um, I think it was kind of entitled to run on with the way Swiss Exile um, bowled along in front, but um, it's got a lot of ability, the horse. Um, put the riding on the wall at the Gold Coast for its first start in Queensland. It was just stuck. I think it was really gluey conditions in the worst part of the track up the inside. So there was a lot of merit in this in that run, and then there was obviously a pretty spectacular win there. Um, last start over, I think it was fourteen hundred. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Green Shadows wasn't a bad run in that race, but I, now it's drawn barrier nineteen. So Nash is going to have uh, his work cut out for him there. Having a look at uh, the other key lead up is uh, political debate and smart and sexy. So you got political debate uh, punching in the Coolmore colours, and then you got smart and sexy, which gets held up in the Rogerson colours, and uh, there's nothing in it. And to my eye, I thought uh, smart and sexy had won. Turbo. Yeah, yeah, I was um, clenching downstairs heavily those last 50 metres. I thought, even on the line, I thought he got done. But um, team, the Team Rogerson horse, what is it called? Smart and Sexy, Smart and something, whatever. Um, sharp and Smart. Um, it's actually been backed into favourite now, and I really don't think there's too much between them. I think the most important part of the race there, um, last start was the first kind of 200, 300 metres. Um, J-Mac with the inside gate, he was just trying so hard to hold a position and um, Brad Stewart on one of um, Les Kelly horses um, just absolutely decked him at the start and 
he was just jostling for a position the entire time, which you can kind of, that's the downside of having an inside gate at times. Um, I really like that he's kind of drawn in that middle um, area this time. And I think the winkers going on is a huge positive. I just like the jumps this horse has been making every time. He's still very green and just very progressive. So I'm actually going to side with political debate, even though the Kiwi horse was taken um, ground off him late there at 1500 last start. Anyone got some colliding opinions here? John, you've said a lot this show. I think they're very short, <laughs> both the favourites. I think, like, even chasing Art, he was a bit unlucky in that race. I think that was the horse that decked oh, yeah. at the start. And, and I'm probably the one behind the move on Basquet 26 to 15. I, I was happy to back Basquet to beat him if they went head to head in a, a maiden at the start of last week. And gate one, Timmy, like, bobbing right behind him. I'm happy to take 26 to beat, um, to beat, uh, the, the political debate again. I, it's a, yeah, Rogers, Rogers horses. Looks like he drew a soft gate, didn't it, this time too? Um, it's five. Yeah, and he, so I, I would got expect a big, to settle big, big spruik. Yeah, like I, I, I probably mark political debate double sharp and smart on okay. Saturday. Yeah, I had a good look at this race sort of uh, last week in review and, gee, uh, I don't know, I think we've been sort of talking about the two-year-olds, how none of them are any good. I think we saw a few smart ones last week. The, these two, the horse we're talking about at the start of the show, also Pinker is it, uh, the Waller horse, so... I don't know. To my eye, these these two look uh they look the real deal. Political debate and sharp and smart. I'd be surprised if anything was beating them. And I think sharp and smart will turn the tables on political debate. May settle closer from the draw. Win in New Zealand was enormous over the mile. Looks like he's better suited getting to sixteen hundred than political debate. You get Huey Bowman's airborne, just like quietly. he's flying. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm a bit sick. I didn't take six dollars, but I'm, I still might chime in. I think he's pretty smart. Sharp and smart. She's a belter. No Bend love job. for uh, no good. the filly? Nah, yeah. I think the lead-up's the one that we saw um, last week on the seven-day backup. That's the race, I think. I'd be interested to see how Green Shadows goes. I thought it was a knockout place chance at $7. I think I'd, I'd just I reckon you'll pick one. it up on English in about six months, getting it ready for the Britannicus <laughs> Herbal uh, follow-up. <laughs> oh, you're so nasty. Now, there was no intent from it last start, so I'd expect it, it could improve. But, uh, yeah, the draw, as I said, um, cools my uh, hopes a bit there. Let's have a look at uh, the Group 1 Stradbroke so Johnny can uh, put more uh, manure on me. And, uh, look, this looks like a massive move here in the Stradie, and it's for uh, the Greg Hickman-trained 11-11. Are you responsible for this, Walt? Hey, I, yeah, I think you need a horse that's going to run a mile in this race. They look like they're absolutely going to fly, and 11-11 doesn't strike me as a horse that wants a mile, so it's definitely not me. Eight fifty into five fifty favorite eleven eleven eight and seven dollars out from four sixty alligator blood ten dollars in from twelve Apache Chase eleven Isotope eleven Private Eye fourteen in from twenty one uh, Rothfire sixteen Soxagon sixteen Valana seventeen dollars Frankie Pino unlikely to get a start twenty dollars Lord of Indices twenty dollars Star Tontes twenty six Brooklyn Hustle thirty one and you got horses like I Am Superman Emerald Kingdom Buffalo River. Um, and uh, that probably rounds out the chances there. Let's go through, similar to we, how we played uh, the Atkins, we'll firstly look at uh, the BRC Sprint, Soxagon, Alligator Blood, Buffalo River. Tycoonis was the car crash that you tipped, Tommy. Yeah, it was not good watching. Uh, J-Mac uh, just got a little bit lost at the start, but Tycoonis goes around earlier in the card, um, didn't make it into the field. Um, talking about the speed map here, Walt thinks is going to be pretty hectic pressure like the two main lead-ups, the BRC Sprint and the Kingston Smith Cup, they were both run on this day, I mean, a fortnight ago. Um, and they didn't go too hard in front in both of those races. And those same pool of horses are coming into this race. So whether they go really hard in front, I'm not too sure. 
Um, you'd think being a stratty that there'd be some kind of pressure. And Apache Chase does look your leader alongside Buffalo River. And you'd think that Apache Chase, after the run that he got... Just have a look at who's riding Buffalo River this time and whether she'll be able to hold it. She's one of your favourites, isn't she? Can't ride, mate. She'll, she'll go 1,000 miles an hour. Uh, King? <laughs> not one of yours? No, she's all right. She's, she, she can win races by doing it, but not, not straight breaks. Mm. So you can just see 11-11 uh, weaving through there and Laura Levindis' uh, hits the line okay. but Out of this race, like, if there was going to be one, I think Laws of Indices is a big price. Um, we finally saw him going onto a good track, and he was caught wide in that race there, and I thought he hit the line really well, and I think it goes from, is it R King to J-Mac? The tricky thing for Laws of Indices is the gate and how far he gets back to from there, but if the pressure goes on up front, I think he runs, the as Walt said, probably he will run a mile, and um, he'll be really strong late. I just 11-11 just seems a little bit under the odds for mine now. Um, I think it was $10 before the barrier draw, um, and then he's drawn barrier four or whatever. Um, what what has he drawn? Where is he? What's his name? Oh, yeah, five, sorry. Five, yeah. Um, yeah, he's drawn barrier five. He's still going to get back in the run. Like, he drew two in that race um, that we just watched. Um, he's still going to be getting back in the run. Um, concede he's absolutely flying and whatnot, but just $5 seems um, under the odds for mine. Mm. I think the key to law of indices is the dry tracks. I think this horse is... Been absolutely airborne and hit all these heavy tracks. Just got cactus in Sydney, did it? Just got the full yeah. pineapple. But yeah, yeah. I love the horse. Yeah. So I and I, I yeah, I can. You can't knock him at the price. No, not at all. No. So yeah, you have to make uh, Laura of Indices a winner. And the other uh, lead up here is the Fred Best. So this is for the uh, the younger horses, the three year olds. You got um, Valana in the Godolphin colours, and then you got Star Tontes, who was a little bit unlucky, but. I guess the negative with uh, Stolatantes is now that uh, loses Jamie Carr and gets Taylor Marshall back on board versus uh, a horse like Valana. Who, who rode Valana here? Clippo. And then now it's uh, Steph Thornton, which I think Steph might suit this horse. There is it's, a fair, it's a fair jockey downgrade, I think, from because Clipperton's obviously airborne as well at the moment. Um, Steph's struggling in Metro Brisbane. I guess this is the great thing about um, the handicap races, these three-year-olds, um, they get down on the low weights and make a race of it. But, yeah, I'm not really sure on the strength of the Fred Best going into a race like this. If Villana might have its supporters. Um, it's going to get a nice run. It's down in the weights and it's got a little bit of upside, I guess. But um, for me, I'm not really sure on that form line and not a big fan of the jockey change either. It's not a vintage Stradbroke, is it, though? That's my concern with it. It just looks like it's... Mm. You know yeah. what that made me kept coming back to? Number one. It's the only horse in the race that's actually runs a mile and is a potential weight for age horse mm. and maybe alligator blood, but he's had the worst prep in the history of racing. And Good look, could run last time. It though. was enormous and he's drawn horrible yeah. again if he has a bit of luck, but Jesus Private Eye is going to run a race if it gets a run from gate one. Mm. Tommy, who you got on top? Oh, uh, Or who do you want to back? Well, I'm going to have something on Emerald Kingdom just because it's going to get the suck run in behind him. I thought it was a pretty credible run last start and it's massive odds. Um, Gonna have something obviously on laws of indices, and I'm actually gonna go back to. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going back to Isotope. <laughs> they reckon that it, um, they reckon it's had some issues. The physios um got to it, um, and yeah, they've sorted those problems out that have hindered it this preparation. And from the gate, um, 
It's just going to get the suck run um, with Willie Pike on board now as well. Fair upgrade, Maloney to Pike down in the weights. Pike's absolutely owning them here in Brisbane as well, which you wouldn't think I would have been saying two years ago or whatnot that Pike would be coming over here and destroying the competition. But they're kind of ones for mine. I'm kind of happy to take on 11-11, and, um, especially Ayrton. Um, not sure what price it ends up. It's second favourite at the moment, um, but I expect Ayrton to probably be starting in double figures, I think. Mm. Minimum. Yeah, the uh, the draw kills it. Uh, any tips out of Melbourne? I know DK loves these wide open handicaps. This, he's been half asleep. Ask me for, how many ask me how many races I've watched for the Brisbane Carnival. <laughs> Go on, Nick. Ask me. Well, he didn't watch Zaki the other day, so I'm assuming that hasn't changed. Well, well it r- rhymes with hero zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about when I Luckily, found my first winner in ten years? Got Zaki beat. He didn't even know Zaki got beat. Let alone the thing I tipped one. <laughs> Had Aravine go the other day. I didn't even had a runner off. No, nah, didn't have a lot of luck. <laughs> but, yeah, didn't, didn't set the world on fire. Nico, you got a pick here? Yeah, I do. I think I'm going to back the best horse in the race, Alligator Blood. Uh, oh. If he can get anywhere oh. near back to his best, he is a proper Group 1 horse, and I think the figure he put up first up is suggesting he is somewhere near that level. 21, I think. Get, I reckon down the middle is going to be real suited there. We saw a lot of horses get back and make a lot of ground, um, sort of, Last carnival, and I think it might sort of be tending to shift that way. And I was with, I was with Walt. I thought Private Eyes in the game. He might need the Linton run. I don't know if you watched that Stradbroke DK. Oh, I remember yeah. Linton very well, sucking up along mm. the fence. He that might was a famous that day. Of... That was the famous day John Sadler went off the, went off the thing. They went. This is a good story. They they set one up for Swan Hill, right? <laughs> I was at Swan Hill this year. They set up a first starter, and then when when Phil Sly, the big big punter, they had a. And they were getting on. They had bowlers everywhere. Phil Sly was getting on hundreds of thousands on these things. Sads just kept taking them up to up to um, Swan Hill and dry tracks. They were winning. Anyway, they had a fortune on this thing. And under the Louvre or something beat it. And so Saddlers was like $5 into evens. And under the Louvre was evens to $5. And under the Louvre beat it. And then the same day, that was on the Saturday, Linton went and won the group one at whatever price. And Saddler never had a dollar on it. 60s. Yeah, 20,000 of his own on the thing at Swan Hill and not a dollar on Linton and it sent him off. They sent him off the off the rails for a while, but um, <laughs> that was the day, yeah. Not a bean on it and watched it get home after doing his... We met Tristan the other day, so I was telling him a story about when the first time I had a bet with his dad, I used to come up here and bet for some blokes and the first bet I had, I'm, I, I swear it was 40s, but it might have been 25. It was 25 plus. It was Royal Code having its first start in Melbourne. I had a 1,000 each way it for a bloke. It's pissed in at 30s or whatever it is. His next bet's the whole lot, 30 on a thing at Zeltrice at $1.90 at Rose Hill got rolled. <laughs> well, did, did 2000 <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, Lloyd loved it. Absolutely fearless, uh, Lloyd Merlin. So it's uh, it's good that Tristan's carrying on the business uh, and uh, Tristan's sister is also fearless, fearless bookmaker. She could be the most fearless out of a lot of the them. sister? Yeah, Leticia. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. So uh, it's just they're absolutely riddled with it. Tristan owns greyhounds. He owns everything. Uh, my uh, my pick here for the uh, straight brokers Valana. I thought it was a huge effort off a uh, a bit of a layoff last time, and he just uh, he just kept finding a way to hit the line. This horse, and I think uh, two weeks between runs with fifty and a half kilos, he'll sit in the perfect spot. This horse, and I think he can uh, pinch this one Valana at seventeen dollars. So tell you what, if you're back in Valana, that replay you watch Lock Eagle was the horse just charging home in the white down the outside. You got to be back in him. In, Is that uh, scary or not? Four. That's what scares me. But yeah. Mm. I get, I get Scoot's um, narrative. If, if Lock Eagle was in the Stradbroke, I'd be backing him. I reckon they might have found the key to this horse, dry tracks and setting him setting him a bit of a task and making him run home. That was an enormous run last start. I'm keen. $5, guns in. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot to like in a few of uh, Valana's tapes. So 
I um, I'm keen on it. I reckon it's crazy odds at seventeen dollars. And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, this this field is very poor. If you pe- if you say they're going to go quick, whether they do it or not, then a lot of those horses up front are vulnerable, mm. and you're trying to pick off the horses that have got a bit of upside. Going to sit just behind, and you know, like I, I get where you're coming from, and then the class of, of alligator blood and private eye the, uh, that have both got my former attractive as well. Mm, it is. It's scary. A lot of these horses won't handle. It's the a good race. It's not a good race, but it's a great betting race if you can find it. <laughs> it's value if you can mm. find it. That's uh, that's well, what su- great- Super Multi Tip says. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He goes, have 200 on this, and if it doesn't win, <laughs> deposit more for the multis or something. He's, I just love him. He's oh. a champion. Absolutely beautiful. Thanks, Turbo. You've uh, right, been electric. And uh, he's given you a couple of tips where to go for a drink after the race as well. So uh, fingers crossed he can get a couple of winners there. Political debate he's sticking with, and then he's going wide. Uh, Emerald Kingdom, Laws of Indice, and then he's sticking with Isotate, a little bit of stable mail there. Oh, fantastic stuff. Feels like we've been on for about four days here, and it's time to look at Randwick. Well, you reckon you found one in uh, race number two. I love that you got wallowed last week. It uh, made me very, very happy I there. I was sick that you found it by acting God by scanning your name down and it had Josh on it and everything. It was just the daggers, <laughs> daggers. There was daggers thrown from everywhere. I did 30 seconds on the race. Yeah. Randwick race two, the Shrips Handicap, 1,100-metre race, and it's for two-year-olds. Amelia Rugmana is $4 favourite. Midnight in Tokyo, 480. Yankees, 550 in from six. Uh, Vegas Raiders, 650. Forecaster, $12. And that rounds out uh, the single-figure chances. And we're going to have a look at uh, Yankees' uh, first up win on Dubu. Uh, sitting outside lady here in the white with the purple. So it, it, it was an advantage to sort of be up there on, on this track, which it can be. But this horse had sort of trialled quite green and shown a little bit. Uh, the mother was a very good horse. He's by American Pharaoh. But I just love that he's got really good natural speed. He's completely got no idea what he's doing here. You can see changes leg about three times down the straight. And he's still surging through the line after sort of sitting outside the leader on a fast tempo. They ran good time and he's, he's done it pretty easy. I, I love the draw that he's got on Saturday and that he's going to do something very similar. And uh, The drying track will, will suit him. He, he's going to be up there and it's going to take a good horse to beat him. And, and what I like about the race itself is there's just a lot of sort of one pace strong horses. I don't think it's a weak race, which is somewhat dangerous. But I think this horse is the, the fastest horse in the race and they're going to have to sort of get out there and and chase him down and and horses like um you know midnight in tokyo uh forecaster they're, they're strong sort of wind up horses and i'm hoping this bloke sort of off and gone, gone by the time he gets to him and i've had no luck with reese jones of late but 52 <laughs> and a half on his back and and this horse just going forward i think the worst thing you can do is probably go a little bit quick on him and and this horse looks pretty like one paced and strong so i, I don't mind that on this horse he should cart across with inequality winona hopefully sit outsider Put her away and and whatever it is, six bucks or something. I think that's a, a good price for a, a nice progressive horse. Mm. All right, I like that. I love that you found Reese Jones. So, mm. so do I. I must, him, this him. horse must have some serious ability. If you found four, uh, one first four races, I think I found Reese Jones on Saturday. He could like, have a really big day. Some way, shape, or form. When I'm a ah, uh, anyway, we'll, well get does, there. I guess what doesn't in there for Reese Jones? It's time for Mugs Moral. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Hi guys, Mugs Morrill this week. It's going to be a quick and sharp one because the mug wants to go get comfortable to watch the biggest game of the year in New South Wales. But you Victorians don't give a rat's ass about origin. So boys, the mug's going. Ramwick, race eight, the feature race of the day. The listed Bob Charlie Stakes is going with Mr. Mo- Mosaic. 
The Gerald and Sterling Alexia runners, you have to get them first up and second up. Good Barrier, Barrier 7, Reese Jones, 1200, 1100, good record over the 1100, second up form, very good, ran very good in your Tensia, just getting beat, 0.15 lengths to Volpini, has also ran good last start in Brisbane, over the 1100 should be good. This, this race has fallen apart with two scratchings. You've got Dragonstone backing up from a run in Melbourne. I don't like that. One run, one week run in Melbourne, then travel back to Sydney, then run again. Prime candidate. Don't know where that is going. So I think it's also nominated for Brisbane. So, boys, this week's Mugs Moral is Ramwick Race 8, number 2, Mr. Mo, Mr. Mosaic. So, boys, good luck. And if... And when you find a winner, you go find your bookie. Good luck. Outstanding. He's gone a deep dive there. He's talking about horses with against the wrong sort of setups. I, this is the mug I like. This is when I press. I, press. I like it. And he's got Reese Jones last week. He, the the one disclaimer this week. <laughs> I, I I do like this horse is a rose hill horse. He's a horse that sort of loves to find the rail and hates getting off it. And sometimes the rail's a bit smelly at, at Ramwick. Hopefully it'll be dried out enough for him. But he's right. Like, it's the, the, the race is definitely falling apart. Um, yeah, all right. Good luck. Is, is the mug due for contract negotiation, Scoot, or something? Because no. uh, he, he, he has, in the, just the last few minutes, he has <laughs> sent out a tweet. Any bookmaking companies or racing stables want to send a mug, some warm jacket, I will promote your business. <laughs> Well, the Hulk just, must be wearing out. I see you've got the matching on today. I've got the matching mug jumper on. Yeah. It's, it's outstanding. The uh, the Wookiee smash. Was, the uh, mug needs some warm clothes for when he's on the beat. Or does he have to wear the... Right, he's got the mint bet jumper. Hmm. He's a bit of a brand uh, W-H-O-R-E, our, uh, our mug punter. But, no, he's still in the stable. He's, he's locked up. We've done a five-year deal. Uh, that's the normal way to do things, as Nico Noonan would know. He's on a... He's on a five-year con contract with us that we pinched him, pinched him on. So that's that's why he goes with uh, little birdie. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to sign someone for a five-year deal in a tipping service? Five-minute deal is too long in a tipping service, <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Just, especially at the moment. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh top sport. Uh, let's uh, get around uh, race eight, number two, Mister Mosaic, and uh, hopefully Reese Jones can uh, ride seven or eight winners or however many. Let's let's get him home, uh, Waltzman. But. Uh, now I'll have a look at uh, Top Sport Big Bets. I've opened the uh, the checkbook here. Race 8, number 17, Villano. Whoever's had this is a genius. 700 at uh, Mate, you've dollars. got a good account there, haven't you? Hey, hey getting on to win. What <laughs> Creed Lit. 7,060. Oh, Jesus, you're, well. you're getting on The booster button. Hopefully, hopefully out of pock tax, I don't take out that booster. All that booster. <laughs> little little squeeze of the odds. Little turn oh, of the boy. God. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, race 5, number 9 is Shakiro. 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 Uh, Thousand at twelve dollars. Race five. It's a Waller uh, special. Yeah, another Waller special. That's that's our Waller man that just always bets there early. Mm. Might mm. be right. In Might, be Might be big Richie. Might be big Richie. Who? Big Richie. Big RC. Wouldn't have a thousand. Card. Wouldn't have a thousand. Oh, after he tipped the last one yesterday, he might be back. Would not have a thousand mm. to bet with. No chance. Uh, Eagle wouldn't be allowed <laughs> to have a thousand on. Uh, Eagle Farm race seven number sixteen. She's a belter. Two thousand at four eighty. So Why didn't you just have the double, Valana into She's a Belter, you weak dog? Not my ticket. I'm I'm starting to get nervous about She's a Belter. Mate, I'm on one at Mackay today for more than the race is worth off a $50 multi yesterday. I'm I'm sweating up. Mackay race six. What's it good dead set? What's it called? Chase the something first up. $4 chance. Yeah, God give it strength. Where are we? Hang on. Come on. 
It's a Ooh. big day. What's it called? Chase the Rainbow? No, that was a horse that I It's first up, uh, Cutting Loose. Cutting Loose, that's Cut, it. Cutting Loose. Hopefully it will be Cutting Loose. 380. 380. God, give it strength. Mm. All right, so if you want more of Walt's stuff, head into the uh, the Racing Watch chat. It's uh, very entertaining stuff out there, and if, uh, if you like betting, it's definitely a nice little place to hang out. Also join our Discord channel, uh, Top Rope Tadeshi. tipped up uh, Cam Munster last night, $9.00. Thank you very much. And he was all over the plus Queensland. So does he do that hair? Does he get the haircut just to put the opposition off? They look at him and can't take him serious. So what does he do? Yeah, he's he looks like a, the Joker, or just he rolled into the golf club buddy thing the other day. I'm like, who's this? Oh no! Monster. Oh my god! Because oh, they did the camp up near your place. Yeah, yeah, they were all in there on and Sunday. What were you going to get the little cards? The little nah, chewing nah. gum card signed nah. were. Nah. No, no. So I, I used to I play when Thurston. They used to come up a lot. Thurston's a sicko golfer, so I used to play with him a bit. He was. Uh, Said hello to him, the rest of them I duck and weave. Mm. You know, I, I, I saw um, a little bit of Billy Slater after the match and he said, you know what, all I told him to do was believe and that's what they did. They just need a little bit of a belief. And I, you can imagine he'd be an awesome coach though because he's so enthusiastic and he, you know, he, he was a good thinking footballer. You can imagine that he's a bloody, a bit of breath of fresh air off some of the old ducks that probably a bit plain. And It'd be the opposite whatever. of you then. He's positive. He believes. I'm positive I'm negative. Is that positive? <laughs> I they forward that Carrigan and that they had a go. Like it was, it was, it was good to watch the contest. It wasn't much of a game for mine, but it was a good contest. If you're having a rough trot on the punt, all you have to do is uh, believe and uh, get back to the basics. So I, I took a little bit out of uh, Billy Slater's coaching. Thanks, uh, Nico and DK down there. Good luck on uh, Swan Hill. Should be happy hunting ground. Uh, there's so many uh, races to bet on this weekend. Swan Hill with a little Casterton on the side on Sunday, Nico. So uh, yeah, it seems right up your alley. Yep, love. Yep, no. Shame we're not up there, but anyway, I used to love going to Swan Hill, but we'll get, we'll get back there for sure. It's a great carnival. We'll find a way for sure. All right, that's that's the end of the show. I think we've uh, tapped out for uh, over the hour there, but uh, jump onto Little Bitty Live if you want any of the boys' products, Racing Watch as well, and uh, make sure you support Top Sport, who uh, are fighting the good fight for us punters who are trying to turn over as much as we can and uh, bet our absolute brands out. Okay, mm. that's a wrap from us. Yes. We'll see you next week. Good luck on the strategy.